wanted to be something in the health and fitness industry. And I knew that 11 years old, when I was keeping my journal, my nutritional journal, I knew that there was a connection between the foods that I was eating and how it made me feel as a softball player. I played in college. I also ran cross country. I've played sports my whole life. And I always knew that when I ate well, I felt well, I performed well, even in the classroom. So I knew that this was my passion. What's up strength coaches. Welcome back to another episode of the cheeky midweeky. And today we have Wendy Earl Beck on the show, and we are going to dive into the topic of creatine and weight gain. And Wendy, let's just dive into it right now. Why is creatine and weight gain something that is just completely bastardized by most strength and conditioning coaches and sport coaches in I'd say mainly America. Awesome. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me, Justin. It's a real honor and privilege to be on your podcast and to talk about something that is so misunderstood. Um, And I empathize with people out there, coaches, parents, athletes, you know, just getting the correct information is very challenging. I think we could all agree that it seems like everybody's an expert in every subject matter. So (laughs) I am extremely passionate. I also know my limitations, which I just want to give a quick call out. Dr. Creatine, this is my t-shirt. Dr. Scott Forbes, all the folks that do, you know, the creatine research, Justin, I've been reading those position stamp papers for years. The ISSN has posted a paper. um, They revised it. It was 19. Well, let me back up. I get so excited. So creatine has been well studied since 1928. There's several publications out there, but where I really grew my knowledge and understanding of creatine is by reading the ISSN position stand papers. So they have several out that actually provide the correct information based on myths and facts. There was a paper they published, I believe in 2017. They've since revised that paper. They have several other papers illustrating protein intake, which helps with muscle gain. And obviously we know creatine goes hand in hand with protein intake. Um, So that's where I've gained a lot of my knowledge, Dr. Scott Forbes. Like I said, the t-shirt I'm wearing, no, I don't work for big creatine as I do. (laughs) I I just love it. I believe that everybody should be using creatine monohydrate if you have a beating pulse because it can help you be stronger, healthier, less injury prone. We can't prevent injuries, but creatine can be a great way to reduce the risk of injuries, right? And what we know about creatine monohydrate, it is well studied in the adult population. It's even being more studied in the clinical population, which is really exciting for, you know, traumatic brain injuries, sleep deprivation, type two diabetes, um, also osteoporosis, sarcopenia. So we, we know the most information. It's pretty clear. It's concise. It's not a steroid. It's safe. It's effective. Everybody should use it, but we have limited Uh, research, Justin, in the adolescent, the youth population. So within some of those position stand papers that I've read thoroughly, and I did my, you know, creatine and youth athletes blog that I published two years ago, and have since updated that with some of the um, newer research, but the position stand paper outlines several studies in youth athletes, you know, those that are under the age of 18, they had soccer players, rugby, football, um, a lot of these sports, right, that are Um, injury-provoking sports, they have high concussion rates, they were finding that creatine was helping these athletes improve speed, power, and it reduced their um, 
their length of recovery from an injury. So let me back up and also address like, what is creatine monohydrate? Creatine monohydrate is three amino acids, arginine, glycine, methionine. It is not a steroid, right? It's found in our beef, chicken, and fish. Unfortunately, we cannot consume enough dietary creatine sources to sufficiently increase our intramuscular creatine sources, which is why supplementation is necessary. Um, I would also, you know, just toss out, I have this conversation a lot, as you can tell, with physicians, with parents, um, and, and everybody is so concerned that it's a steroid. And I hear them, right? We've got to meet people where they're at. And I think with a lot of strength coaches too that I work with and that we you know, partner with, it's showing them and empowering them that, hey, this is what the research says. It's safe. It's effective. There's been absolutely zero reported adverse effects in any athlete. So if you go through and you peel through the papers, which many people are unwilling to do right now, but I'm a practitioner. It's my job, right? It's my ethics. It's my credentials on the line to understand that creatine is something that is, it's number one, it's safe, it's convenient, it's low cost, and it's a great way to help an athlete that isn't able to consume enough beef, chicken, and fish, which, you know, this, most, most young athletes aren't even eating breakfast. So if we can get them utilizing creatine safely, right? And I'm a practitioner, I'm a registered dietitian. I'm willing to talk about that. And I have, again, no or no skin in the game. I don't get any kickbacks. I make $0 off talking about creatine. I just know that it helps our athletes. It helps people gain lean mass and recover. And what creatine does, the mechanism of action to simplify it is it recycles ATP, which is cells energy currency, right? We know this. We should care about ATP, anybody with a brain, right? Because we want to be able to be quick, um, agile. If you're an athlete, especially you want to be um, able to recover from your workouts, from your training sessions, build lean mass. And that is one of the best ways to do it is to integrate, you know, three to five grams of creatine post-workout with some carbohydrates because it is insulin mediated with the protein. And then there you are, you've, you've kickstarted the recovery process. Um, why wait to use protein after a workout, especially if you're trying to gain weight, right? That's um, we can get into that, but I probably just unloaded a lot about creatine. So you, I'll allow you to unpack that, Justin. Taking a quick break from the show to tell you about our deal we have going on right now in December. If you sign up for Fundamentals Level 1, you will get one free year at Strength Coach Network. That's right. Sign up for Fundamentals, our 20-hour long-form education course that has information on every topic in strength and conditioning that will make you a better strength coach, regardless of the field that you're in. Not only if you're a strength coach, personal trainer, athletic trainer, physio, this is for you because all the education about progressions, regressions, motor learning, speed, agility, jumps, you name it, we have information in it. So sign up for Fundamentals, get a free year at Strength Coach Network. Click the link down below. Let's get back to the show. <clears throat> no, thank you. And it's interesting that you talk about the not having enough you know, in the diet, because a lot of people will caveat and say, Hey, eat steak. If you want creatine, like you don't need to have dietary creatine or Hey, if you're not eating any food, why are you taking creatine? What would you say to anybody that says those two things? Well, first off, I would say, I hear you. Um, and steak is delicious. I love a good bloody rare steak myself, super rich <laughs> in leucine, which is the number one driver for muscle protein synthesis. But I would say, Hey, it's 2023. Everything is ridiculously expensive. I would love to eat nothing but beef, chicken, eggs, organic vegetables, but that's not the reality we live in. And these young athletes, college athletes, they don't have access to 
high, you know, top tier leucine rich sources often. So that's why the supplementation can bridge the gap. I mean, that's what supplements are for, right, is to bridge the gap to fill the deficit. So a lot of the baseball, a lot of the soccer, football, you name it, we work with all athletes. They don't often like the foods that are even given to them at some of their private schools, like really gourmet meals, they don't like the meat. So even if they were to um, have access to it, they often don't like it. They won't eat the whole serving of it. Um, so just telling people to eat real food at this point, and I used to say that all the time as a younger dietitian, that's not enough. We have to understand that even if they were eating you know, beef, chicken, fish on the reg, um, it still isn't enough. According to the data, we know, like I said, it, it can't sufficiently increase the dietary, um, or excuse me, the intramuscular creatine sources in the way that the supplementation would. You would have to eat pounds of meat and that's very uncomfortable. It's very expensive and it's just not realistic, right? <clears throat> no, that makes perfect sense. And I've, uh, I've thought that it's nice to hear an RD say that personally, and I'm sure there's a lot of strength coaches out there feeling the same way. You talked about the brain and the mental health, and that's been one of the categories or the areas of research that I read and then kind of knew it and took it not for granted, but is that a way that more and more coaches could then start to use it with their female athletes? And I say that because most strength coaches, myself included, you have that kickback of like, oh, I don't want to get too big and bulky. And the word creatine and protein, it is difficult, right? It is. And like, even for me with my wife, like the, when I, when she will start taking creatine now, I was like, listen, it's for the brain benefit of it. Not necessarily muscular. If you're, if you're worried about it that way, how has that conversation gone with you or any of your clients or how do you advise people with that? Yeah, Justin, that's a, a very valid concern. And um, I think that a lot of females and a lot of just in general coaches, um, like I said, have heard a lot of information and they feel conflicted. They've seen posts, they've seen pictures. I think we all need to acknowledge that there are charlatans online. They are salesmen. They will sell you snake oil. They'll even edit their before and after photos. I'm seeing this. There's a guy that really? I'm like, oh my goodness. Sport coaches will do that too. Sorry. Strength and conditioning coaches will do that. They have their athletes show up on day one in campus and they won't flex. And then they will literally have them do a pump session. And then you look at the pictures and their hands are clenched. It's terrible. Sorry to interrupt. No, that's, I didn't, I mean, I guess I didn't think about that. I mean, I, like, I'm, we're too busy, right, Justin, doing it the right way and yes. showing people the, no one wants to put in the work. It takes time to build muscle and um, to address the concern of the female. I mean, I myself, I've been through a journey that I've shown my pictures of like, hey, I used to be an endurance freak. I used to only eat carbs, not enough protein. So take it from me, number one, I didn't get big and bulky. If anything, I lost body fat. I increased my lean mass. I'm healthier, I'm stronger. And most people are like, oh, you're, you're right. You're not big and bulky. And sometimes the anecdotal evidence is great, but then also showing them like, hey, you're a female. Do you really realize how hard it is to gain muscle? It is difficult. It takes so much heavy lifting, so much food, extra calories. And creatine is not going to make you bulky, if anything, right? Creatine is going to help you burn fat and build muscle because the more muscle we have, the more fat we burn. But women produce 10 times less testosterone as males. Biologically speaking, the Lord built us differently than men. I don't care what <laughs> someone says. Men and women are not the same. That is not my opinion. That is biology 101. Physiology, look in the textbook, look up the data. It is very difficult to build muscle. So I always empathize with people. I understand. I hear their concerns. You know, I let them know, like, I, I hear where you're at. 
but I'm giving you the science and I've never had issues. People, if anything, I have a, a blog I wrote about why you need to eat more protein from a dietitian that lifts. And then I also address the creatine monohydrate with females and all of my adult female clients use creatine. They have lost body fat. The DEXA scans can prove it. I actually gave a talk last summer at the ISSN on uh, body recomposition. And when people see the data, they see the DEXA scans. The data doesn't lie. So you're not gaining fat. And creatine draws water into the cell, just like carbohydrates. So you're not getting big and bulky. It's doing its job. It's retaining that fluid, which is a good thing, especially as an athlete, right? You want to be able to store carbohydrates for glycogen, for fuel. Um, but like we talked about with ATP being the high energy currency for the cell, right? We want that so we can train harder. We can also have a reduced time getting back to training. And if you're a female that's trying to be healthy, you want to be uh, stronger, um, creatine is for you. I don't want you to fear it. You know, start off using a smaller dose then to avoid this water retention, which again, is not that gain. But start off with a slow, you know, one to two grams, and then you can work your way up to three grams. But either way, you shouldn't fear having muscle because muscle protects our bone health, right? If you don't want sarcopenia, you don't want to have osteoporosis, you should be using creatine. Anybody listening to this and they're like, okay, well, they say do a creatine load. In your professional opinion, yay, nay. I think it's unnecessary. And the, the studies would support that as well. Um, I believe that for people, number one, if you can afford creatine, use it. Some people are like, I just can't afford a supplement. Okay, that's fine. Um, but number one, I would recommend starting off at a lower dose and see how you feel. Start to track your progress, right? What's measured is well managed. And I would just recommend that people utilize a third party tested, right? Because otherwise it could be laced with something. It could have a banned substance. If you're an athlete, it's your eligibility. Um, but I don't believe that the loading phase is necessary because you're eating your beef, chicken, right? We should still encourage the whole foods if you can, but the data doesn't really support any differences in a loading phase versus the traditional three to five grams from a hypertrophy, recovery, uh, muscle protein synthesis, or even sleep deprivation. There's some cool studies Dr. Darren Kandow is coming out with. So the loading phase is totally unnecessary. Um, if you're, you know, an athlete that is also a combat sport, your, you know, your weight matters. I would just, I would just not recommend doing the loading phase to start off with. Um, do the three to five grams. Pair it with the carbohydrate. I recommend mixing it into Greek yogurt. You can put it into Fairlife chocolate milk. You could also do a banana and a smoothie. Um, the powder, you know, versus the capsule. I get that question a lot. It's got to mix in, right? And if it's cold. If you put it in cold water, it's gonna, it's not gonna dissolve. It's gonna go to the bottom of the shaker bottle and it won't end up in your system. So mix it into smoothies, pair it with the carb, um, use it with you know your third-party tested protein powder. Um, but everybody should be using it. And like I said, I make zero dollars off of saying that. <laughs> Final question on it. What if somebody, you know, the athletes out there are like, oh, well, don't I have to drink extra water or making sure that I don't get hurt with it? Like, what does the research say about it and what is your um stance on it. Yes. Yeah, so I would recommend drinking an additional 16 to 24 ounces of fluid with creatine. 
um, again, creating monohydrate, putting it, that's why I like putting it into smoothies, Justin, for our clients and athletes, because when you do, you know, a smoothie, you're basically guaranteeing the fluid. You're going to also help reduce some of the, the, you know, the cramps out there that people say, oh, I get cramping and bloating. Well, you're probably cramping and bloating because number one, you're not even drinking enough water as it is. Most people don't even drink yeah. the basic 80 ounces. I have so many athletes. I'm like, how are you still alive? How are you walking That plus the lack of sleep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sleep, breakfast, calories, carbohydrates, magnesium, sodium, potassium, all the minerals. But fundamentally people have to drink 80 to 90 ounces. If you're an athlete, you should be drinking 120, but with creatine because of the absorption um, into the cell and just the process, I would recommend in my professional opinion and with the science, 16 to 24 ounces, that's going to help with digestion. That's going to help with absorption. You know, water transports nutrients throughout the body. So if you're not drinking additional fluid, when you're eating more carbs, when you're eating more protein, you're preventing the digestion process from efficiently uh, taking place. And you're going to experience that constipation, all the things. So it's not the creatine that's causing the cramping. It's your inability to get enough sleep, drink enough water and eat enough, you know, minerals and quality carbohydrates. What's up, strength coaches? Taking a quick break away from the show to let you know about our membership site. Not only do we at Strength Coach Network put out the Cheeky Midweeky, but we have a membership site where you gain access to a video library and a members-only forum. Inside the video library, you will have access to over 170 different lectures, which equals over 400 hours of content. Inside of these content, it is every sport you could think of and every topic in strength and conditioning. In our members-only forum, we have career advice and we have topics in strength and conditioning where coaches ask each other questions and we help each other inside the network. You can try the network out for 24 hours for $1 if you are not a member. Click the link down below and you will be able to check us out. Anybody that's been listening to you talk now for the last, you know, 15 minutes or so, they will be like, all right, this lady is, she's sharp. She knows exactly what she's talking about. And <clears throat> I did some research on you. And I mean, Mayo Clinic, personal trainer, dietetic tech, Florida Gators, Washington or Wisconsin, Michigan. Now you're on your own. Like, I'm not going to tell your story nearly as well as you are, but fill, fill us in on where you've been and what you've been doing, because you are very well versed in all of this. Well, thank you, Justin. I really appreciate that. And first off, I have to say, I give all glory to the Lord. I have been through a lot and I have had so many amazing blessings and none of it would have been possible without our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I give all glory to him. And, you know, I, I know you're a believer too. And this this journey that we're all on, you know, I just go wherever the Lord takes me. And really things started when I was 11 years old. I knew that I wanted to be a health coach, a fitness professional, personal trainer. I wanted to be something in the health and fitness industry. And I knew that 11 years old, when I was keeping my journal, my nutritional journal, I knew that there was a connection between the foods that I was eating and how it made me feel as a you know softball player. I played in college. I also ran cross country. I've played sports my whole life. And I always knew that when I ate well, I felt well, I performed well, even in the classroom. So I knew that this was my passion. And, you know, I, I went to the University of Wisconsin Stout. I worked with their athletes during my master's. I also worked in corporate wellness. I did internships. I slept on couches. I slept on floors. I lived off of my car. I have been through so many amazing opportunities. And I share this because I did that so I could gain this experience to be into my, you know, four and a half years of being a, a 
sports nutritionist, you know, entrepreneur, um, it takes what it takes. Nick Saban is also someone like I've just followed him and I just look up to him immensely because he's all about creating culture. And I really appreciate, you know, people like you, Justin, where we can interact on social media without ever meeting, but we share the same, you know, culture, right? We want to get better. We want to get 1% better every single day. And it's surrounding yourself with people. It's getting experiences that can make you better. So all of those experiences that I've had, you know, I worked um, as a, a sports nutritionist for the Dairy Council in Michigan before I started my private practice in East Lansing, Michigan. And those experiences too were a blessing I had the um, ability to go and speak to coaches, to speak at conferences and clinics about nutrition. And what I found, Justin, through all of my experiences is the science is great. You know, we can geek out over the science. I have a master of science. That's great. Nobody cares. No one cares how much knowledge you have until they know how much you care. So for me, I had some people in my life that, you know, a lot of them cared about me, but then I also had some situations where I wasn't treated the best and I was treated poorly by um, just some of my managers and people I worked with in big corporations. And I knew that when I started my own business and my practice, I was never going to treat an athlete or an employee um, in the ways that I was treated. I was going to meet them where they're at. I was going to listen to them. I was just going to help them make small changes so that we could all achieve whatever it is that we're trying to achieve. And that has, you know, worked. Um, you know, keeping it simple. That's something that I've always done. Everybody makes the most basic things so complicated now. Right. Um, even, you know, creatine and, and weight gain. So I have milk. People don't ab- like people don't agree if milk's good or not for you anymore. Oh, my word. Yeah. You, you hit a trigger there because I worked for the dairy council. Um, so enough about my background. If people want to go find out, you know, go read about it. It's great. But let's talk about for your listeners. I want to really give them practical tools um, with the weight gain. You talked about dairy. So this is something many people don't understand is that, you know, plant-based alternatives versus dairy milk, they don't contain, they don't contain the same high quality protein sources, right? Essential amino acids, calcium, vitamin D, all those bone building nutrients. Almond milk is one gram of protein per eight ounces. You get eight grams in a traditional cow's milk. If you get fair life milk, you get more protein. Um, And that's something, Justin, that a lot of athletes that come to us They can't gain weight or coaches or parents because they're drinking things like almond milk. Their calories are too low. They're missing those critical muscle um, and bone building nutrients that are deemed bad or unhealthy or inflammatory. Dairy actually decreases inflammation. And that's not my opinion. That's in the science. So people have said like, well, Wendy works for big dairy. No, Um, I was proud to work on behalf of the hardworking dairy farmers in Michigan and America. Um, My dad's a crop farmer. I grew up with that, you know, work ethic and mentality. And I'm going to give it to you straight that dairy is not bad for you. I think that processed, you know, ice cream in excess, right, that can be um, detrimental to your health. But if people are consuming, you know, Greek yogurt, cow's milk, butter is not bad, right? It's the portions, it's the amount. If people are trying to gain lean mass, you should be focused on eating, you know, your beef, chicken, dairy, cottage cheese. Those are the high quality animal protein sources that, you know, people are are just so misinformed on, Justin. And the plant-based movement is kind of getting a kickback now. Um, people are seeing that the plant-based burger is not actually that healthy for them. They see the ingredients list is like a Rolodex versus beef, one ingredient, which is beef. Um, so eating things like that, right. Those are the strategies that are so simple to help people gain lean mass. Um, and and they're just being underutilized in my opinion and experience. 
<clears throat> had it, you seem very calm about it. And for like you said, okay, I hit a trigger, but you were very calm about all of that. Like for me personally, I'm working through that. How do you handle people that are saying things like, oh, dairy's bad for you? And, and the, the misinformation from what I and what we've been doing on Research Tuesdays. So Greg Lutton and I from Exergo, we've been diving into research studies. It's first a couple episodes, we're explaining to strength coaches, hey, this is why you need to actually read research. This is how you should properly do it. This is how you need to conduct searches. And then we've been diving into different research articles. And we're doing that to try to kill the bro science out there, social media science. How do you handle people that are not actually nutritionists, research uh, registered dietitians talking about things about weight gain or not using dairy? Like, how do you handle it? Slash, how do you recommend other nutritionists, strength coaches to handle that stuff? That's an amazing question, Justin. I'm so glad you asked it. Um, and I'll have to check out what you're doing then on, on Tuesdays. That sounds really interesting. Um, that's a loaded question. What I have been doing is number one, I, I, I point up God, does this matter? Does this glorify you? I used to go and I was never mean about it, but I would definitely go and I would comment. Now I found that, you know, that's a great way to create education and awareness, but now I'm asking more questions. Well, well, why are you posting this? You know, if you can tell me why you're doing something just like strength coaches, if you can tell me why you're picking a certain exercise, and help me understand, like, help me understand why you're doing this. You know, it's, it's helping them. It's neutralizing the situation. Number one, because you're, you're seeking them out to understand versus attack. Um, and I found that that's been helpful because a lot of people are stepping into the nutrition, the strength and conditioning field, and they are not educated. They're not knowledgeable. They are not credentialed. But if I ask them why they're posting that or why they're saying this, and then asking for the citations and hearing them out. And if maybe they just didn't know, they're like, oh, well, I thought that this person was credible. And then we get to have a great exchange like, oh, Wendy, thank you for asking me about that. Thank you for sharing that. Now they become a follower of mine. They become a great connection where they can refer people to me, whatever the case may be. That's something I've been doing the last couple of years. God has helped me come uh, to experience that because as Christians, right, we're ambassadors, ambassadors of Christ. So although I used to, I still kind of poke fun at it, like, you know, put on the clown face, charlatans, it's a circus, snake oil, whatever. We joke about it. But ultimately, I'm like, all right, you know, maybe they just don't know. I'm going to play dumb. Maybe they don't know that what they're saying is harmful advice. Some do, however, know. Um, I won't say names, but there are several people on social media, you know, that are doing harmful posts. And what you can do if you're a, a researcher, you're someone that is, you know, like you said, what would you say for advice? I would recommend um, commenting on the post with proper science so that the followers, you're not there to convince the person. They're going to keep pushing out snake oil. But what you can do in a positive, constructive way is comment on the post the actual science, the actual proper way to gain weight or build muscle. And I'll use an example of this that I've done on Twitter. Um, I really enjoy Twitter because there's a lot of really great exchanges and dialogue going on. So if you're not on Twitter, you should go on it. It's great. Um, and you can filter the information. But on Twitter, there was a, a few uh, coaches in the baseball space that were telling athletes to basically just eat Pop-Tarts, drink whole fat chocolate milk right before bed, eat a dozen eggs. And it was just terrible advice. Um, I'll call it what it is. It was not helpful. So what I did was I commented, I have a weight gain manual. I commented exactly how to properly gain weight in the post. It was all free. I wanted everybody that was seeing that information to know that's not the way. And then I provided the consequences. If you choose to eat 
this whole fat milk and all these eggs and you eat these Pop-Tarts right before bed, you're not going to gain lean mass. You're going to gain body fat. It's going to make you sluggish. It's going to impair your sleep. And when you start talking about why that's not the optimal way, and then you provide the optimal optimal way and why it's going to work and provide evidence of it working, it completely changes the trajectory of the conversation. And those seeing that, they're like, oh, okay, you know, that's, that's right. And then the person who made the post initially, um, you know how people are online. They're, they're getting attacked. I get attacked all the time. I get death threats. I ignore it what? at this point. Yeah, people are malicious um, and the enemy's out there. So again, I give glory to God. He helps me get through those days where I feel attacked. I've been sent terrible photos, all the things. I don't care anymore because I know that God is real and so is Satan. So that's just the enemy. I don't take that personal. I know that I'm a daughter of Christ and I belong to Jesus. But those that may not have a relationship with the Lord, just know that your your efforts are not in vain. Um, and when you take time to post things that are not um, inflammatory or divisive, but instead constructive and helpful, you can find that there are people that read that. Everyone's seeing what you're posting. So they're going to see a professional that's willing to be a professional, to be credible, to be someone you can follow, right, Justin? So I think that a lot of coaches out there um, are doing a great job. But I know I'm still learning too, being a lifelong learner. It helps us all learn together if we can put out the proper way or the more optimal way or say, hey, I don't know everything, but this is a science-based way to do this. And we have several pieces of clientele or, you know, put out your, put out your testimonies of your, your system or processes. If you're a strength coach or a dietitian, whatever it is, how it works, why it works and how it is not harmful. That's the biggest thing. Quick break from the show to remind you to hit that like and subscribe button. So that way you get notifications of when more content like this gets released. So click that like and subscribe button. And with that, let's get back to the show. So what do you say to, you know, any of our listeners with like, again, the free stuff, nothing that you actually charge for, but what is some advice that you give to either clients or coaches that you work with where, Hey, they want to gain weight without meat or dairy. Do you try to persuade them? You know, you, you keep saying you meet them where they are. Do you meet them where they are with, Hey, this is how we do it. Or, or how do you recommend that? Yeah, it's a great question. So we work with vegan and plant-based athletes and all the information that I post is pretty much free access. It's just most people are unwilling to be accountable to it. So I have no problem giving out my secrets and tips because I've been posting them for years. Um, so if somebody is plant-based, they're vegan, number one, you've got to start tracking your calories. You've got to know what you're eating, how much you're eating, how much you're training. And many people, they don't understand, Justin, that they're eating this and their training is this, right? So we have a major calorie deficit, right? I mean, that's just simple math. Oh, facts, it is, yeah. Yeah, we laugh about it, but it's like, that's the secret is, number one, you've got to get a baseline. You know, get your labs done, test, don't guess. If you're trying to improve something, but you're not measuring it, how do you expect to improve it, right? So we've got to know how many calories you're eating. You can track in a free app. You can start, you know, seeing like, hey, all right, if I'm plant-based, maybe I only eat eggs or I'm 100% vegan. Okay, well, we're really going to have to beef up the chick beef. We're really going to have to increase the Pun intended. proteins, uh, the chickpeas, the tofu, you know, hummus. You're really going to have to double what you're eating and even triple it. And that gets challenging as a plant based athlete because you are going to have to eat so much fiber. You're going to feel very dis 
uncomfortable. Let's call it what it is. That's where, you know, the bloating and stuff happens. And a lot of people don't feel good and you're low in B vitamins, right? B12, which is great for energy. So I recommend people track their nutrition for, you know, three to five days, see where you're at, then start increasing portions, start increasing the frequency of your feedings. If you can't increase the portions for some people, they only want to eat one meal a day. I would not say that that's optimal from a digestion or muscle protein synthesis standpoint, but if that's what they're doing, hey, how can we work you um, up to maybe two meals per day and how can we improve the nutritional choices that you're making? Maybe you're doing these processed veggie chips that you know, well, now you know that they're not healthy because we see it in your ledger and we can look at that nutrient analysis together and we can say, hey, you know, you're eating these veggie chips, they're giving you basically fat and calories, carbs, but you're not getting any real protein here. If you want to build muscle, you know, you need protein, right? They're like, oh, you know, you're right about that. So that's one of the easiest ways to improve your choices is by measuring what you're eating. And again, those free apps out there, that's the best way to do it. <clears throat> You've talked about, you know, providing the most value to our listeners out there. And there's a good amount of strength and conditioning coaches, our listeners included, and our members that are leaving the field of college strength and conditioning and going private, doing similar to what you did, just not in nutrition, but in strength and conditioning. What was the biggest catalyst that drove you to do that? Number one. And then number two, what was the most difficult part about doing it? And, you know, looking back, I'm assuming you're not regretting it, but like, is it like, would you have done it differently? You know, what would be your advice? Lots of questions. So, I mean, I think about this every day, every day that I am in entrepreneurship, it's uncomfortable. So number one, like I told you at 11, I knew at some point I wanted to do things my way. Um, I don't take, my dad would agree with this. I want to help people and I have a Wendy way of doing things. And Lord, <laughs> he humbles me, but there's always been kind of a nutrition with Wendy way of doing things and it's different. And, um, and that's why, you know, people seek us out because they're a special type that they want to do it how we're doing it. And um, I would say that I knew, you know, in 2019, I started my business, but I knew in 2018, as I was in my internship, I knew that I wanted to start a private practice. I knew I wanted to work with high school athletes, college athletes. I wanted to work with families and I wanted to help people understand that they didn't have to be miserable. They didn't have to follow some outdated information from some boring you know, sheet to get the results that they wanted. I knew that I could help them by keeping things simple. And I learned this through my clinical experiences, through all of the, you know, the opportunities I had. And I started writing a business plan out and then I just took the leap and burned the boats and bet on myself. In 2019, I started my business and I started working with clients before I officially left my full-time job. And then I just went all in and just sacrificed and worked uh, 12, 16 hour days. Um, and like I said, I, I just knew I held true to my vision of I want to help people. I know that I need to do it this way and I need to listen to people. And my clients helped me figure out my products, like what they wanted. I asked them, what do you need? Right. It wasn't what I thought they needed. It was them telling me this is what I need. And then seeing the demand out there, Justin, you know, for for weight gain, um, for using nutrient timing. You know, we help a lot of athletes understand chew, nibble, sip. That's my nutrient timing strategy. No one talks about that, but it's a demand. So ask I would tell the coaches out there starting their own business, number one, you've got to have a love and a passion for what you're doing. And you're going to have to sacrifice time with your family, time with whatever, because it, it takes what it takes. But if you can see it through and you can um, monetize it and there's a demand there, 
ask people, ask them what they need, give free sessions. I used to talk and do all of my, I did a lot of coaching. I gave a lot of free talks, so many free talks to get my reputation started, to get my name out there. I talked to so many soccer clubs. So then the word of mouth traveled fast. I'm like what I brought to the table essentially, right? So be willing to ask people, you know, survey your followers. What do they want? What's the product? Because if you can't sell it and you can't monetize it, that you have no product, right? And then stay consistent with it and keep showing up every day. Start, you know, set a goal to post about one to two topics that people need, right? Ask your followers, ask your your essential future customers what they want. Build re- build relationships too. You know, you're selling yourself in a sense. Um, and I would say too, Justin, I'm looking at my bookcase over here. How to Win Friends and Influence People. If you haven't read that book, that's one of the best books that you can read. Dale Carnegie um, is brilliant. Uh, His work is something I reference often when I need to get back into my, all right, we got to meet people where they're at. We've got to listen to people and we've got to earn their trust first. Um, So that's really, honestly, it's just built from there. Um, And the business plan that I had, I you know, I, I filed my LLC in Michigan. And then when I moved, relocated to Tennessee, I filed my S-Corp because I knew I want to really start branching this out, not just nutrition coaching, but present more presentations. I want to have coaches in other states. I also want to have, you know, additional eBooks, publications, and I want to have a space where I can hire dietitians to work from home, have a family, have a work-life balance, because in sports, you know this, there's no work-life balance. So that's why I'm trying to create this. So this is so much bigger than me. It's not about me. It's about you, Justin. It's about coaches. It's about our athletes. And if anyone starting a business can remember, it's not about us. You will succeed because you're putting people first, right? People first, profit second. You and I were talking off air and you, you know, you're, you're doing that now, right? You're, you're hiring more people and you're growing that how was that different leap of faith too? Because some of our coaches out there, they might've already taken the leap and now they're getting ready and they're like, Oh, I got to hire more people, but I'm scared to do it. What's your advice to them then? Oh my word. I'm still learning that one. I would say, you know, it's, I'll just be honest. It's very difficult, Justin, to hire, to find, to hire quality people that can share the same mission statement, the value. So you've really got to interview and filter your people. Um, But you've also got to just take a leap of faith and know that you have number one, good systems in place. I had to have good systems in place when I was hiring people so that they could replicate, right, what I'm doing and kind of how we want things to be operated so that the client, the athlete, they get the same experience, whether they're working with you know, one coach or another coach, obviously personalities are different, but fundamentally we're still all operating on a clear, concise system. What's up strength coaches want to take a quick break from the show to talk to you about our sponsor team builder. Team builder is your one-stop shop for online training platform needs as a coach with team builder. You're going to be able to program for your athletes, whether they're in person or remote using team builder. Not only will you be able to program for your athletes, but there are special features such as the leaderboard and locking training with wellness questionnaires with the leaderboard. You can have an exercise performed that day, whether it be a lift, a sprint, or a jump, and scores can be updated in real time and projected on a TV in the training. Wellness questionnaires can be used at the beginning of training, and your athletes will have to fill them out prior to being able to train. This ensures that as a coach, you're being able to collect quality data before the athletes train. So, if you're interested in Team Builder, click the link down below and find out more information. Let's get back to the show. There's efficiency. Everybody feels valued. You know, ask the people you're hiring what they expect of you. And then you also get to ask them like, you know, I expect these things of you. And if we can all agree and we're out for the same mission statement, that then it tends to work. But I've hired, 
I've had some past employees, um, they just weren't the right fit. Um, so I, I think that for most people, I'm still learning. I don't have all the answers. I've only been in entrepreneurship for four and a half years, but I would say what has worked because I just hired two new dietitians. I stopped worrying so much about some of their credentials and I started worrying more about like, hey, is this person coachable? Are they going to accept constructive criticism? Are they someone that is on the same page of listening to the client, listening to the athlete, treating them like a human being? Are they willing to go deeper and more in depth with the person, build more relationships um, beyond the surface level? Because we are a small business. We, we are a business that is about families and the families we work with become like our family. Um, so if people are unwilling to do that, it, it, be, it becomes just kind of a, a conflict of interest at that point, because they're not abiding by the mission statement that has helped this biz, my business be successful. So the coaches out there, uh, it's a different generation. Some people want to work hard and others want to get paid to do nothing. And you just have to filter and find who is the right fit. <laughs> That's me being cut and dry right there. You've talked about it a lot and, you know, we've both shared in our messages, but back and forth scheduling this, you know, both of us being believers in Christ. And how do you have, how does that guide your business? Does it push people away? Does it push your, you know, potential clients? Like, how does that work for anybody that is maybe working in college athletics at a university and they're not able to talk about it and they almost feel conflicted that they don't have that ability, but they feel drawn to because they know ultimately like, Hey, this is how I can have a, a better effect on this person as a human. Like, how do you, that's a, I know that's a loaded question too. And we, we've got some time to unravel it all, but you know, what do you say to all of that? Yes. I'd like to unpack it. And actually it helps me further explain too, like why I wanted to start my business. It wasn't just that, Oh, I want to do things different. I wanted to be able to openly talk about Christ. I wanted to be able to share the gospel and do that while talking about nutrition while, right. Because our spiritual, our mental, our physical health, it's all connected. So um, I knew that I had to start my own business in order to really glorify and talk about God in the ways that he called me to. And I, I wasn't able to do that um, fully until I went through some, some challenges of my own. And I realized like, Hey, if you are willing to talk about how God got you through these things, I'll get you through whatever, Wendy, like I'm next to you. I've got you. So I think for a lot of coaches out there, um, until, until you kind of have that come to Jesus moment of like, this isn't about me. This isn't about a job or pleasing my boss at the NCAA. This isn't about like, the handbook. This is so much bigger, right? It's about Christ. And he calls us to be bold. He calls us to talk about him. And it's not like you need to push your faith on people. Cause I used to be a non-believer. I didn't like it when people did that. They told me how I was going to hell and I was a sinner. Of course I am a sinner who needs a savior, but it's the, the, the way of sharing Christ. And we can do that, not just through sharing the gospel, but how we treat people. We can love on other people, right? Love others, love Jesus, share Jesus. So you don't necessarily have to talk about scripture to still share who God is. You can be kind, you can be supportive, you can be listening to other people and showing them who Jesus is. Jesus is a, um, he diffuses situations. He doesn't create tension. He doesn't become divisive, right? He's loving and caring. So yeah. if you're a coach in a position where you don't get to openly talk about your faith at work, just show up and show people who Jesus is. The Holy Spirit is in you. He's in you, Justin. He's in any coach too that is listening to this. He loves us. And people can feel like, oh, 
there's something different about Justin or this coach. Like, what is that different thing? They want to learn more about what that is. So maybe that conversation can't take place at work, but maybe it can take place outside of work, maybe at, you know, in the weight room, maybe um, outside on the field, maybe even at a bar, you're going to have a beer and grab a burger after a busy day. And they're like, tell me, like, how do you handle all this stress? It just seems like nothing sets you off. Well, let me tell you about Jesus Christ and how he helps me get through this. So that's how I have found talking to people, because I've actually been asked that before, clients and, and people in the medical field, we work with doctors, they also are often told, like, no, you can't talk about religion here. Well, if I can't talk about it, I will show you who Jesus is. And in your heart, you, you might get that conviction uh, to learn more about him. So don't be discouraged. Um, everybody just trust, you know, trust in the Lord get into his word in, in the morning, right? That is our spiritual armor, our protection. And people pick up on the spirit. They feel something different about you when you're being loving, you're being calm, collected. People pick up on that and they're like, well, what's different about them? And that's exactly the segue that Jesus wants because then he can do the rest. We're not meant to, to bring people to Christ. We're meant to plant the seed and let him do the rest. Yeah, no, amen to that. And there's there's a bunch of, you know, I feel like the bigness nowhere a lot of the times is, <clears throat> any any time that there's a bad apple in whatever field, if there's a bad strength and conditioning coach that throws dumbbells at kids, people think strength coaches do that. Or a nutritionist, you know, recommends, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> doing X program. Or and, and then again, like if if somebody's pushing Christianity on somebody in a bad way, everybody gets a bad rap. Um, and that definitely is something that I feel like a lot of coaches might have to try to handle. And especially in college athletics, you can see things kind of um, done in a, in a, in a wrong way in terms of like, Hey, we're going to, you know, all hold hands and, and at the end of the game, we're going to pray, but then, you know, our actions don't fall in line with that. Um, I, I was having a conversation with a coach about that the other day, you know, and it's, I mean, that is real. That does happen. So I feel like that's something that maybe some of the listeners out there, like they might either a be going through it or, B, hearing you say that about like, hey, you don't need to make a big deal out of it. You actually just need to, you know, show and love. And that is actually something pretty powerful for me because it was like, man, hearing you say that, I was like, ah, looking back, I definitely, I definitely probably rocked the boat a little bit more instead of just being like kind and calm. It was like, oh, I, I'm getting mad that I can't do this. Like, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Hmm. That's really good, Justin. And I think, it, you know, I really respect this about you and anyone else that's willing to say, ooh, you know, I could have done that differently. Myself included, every day I've learned this. Um, and I think that's what I love about people who are willing to say, yeah, I didn't do that the best back then, but I'm going to always work on it and try and be better. Um, I, I, I respect that and admire that so much. And, you know, I'm not in some of those other coaches' positions. You know, I'm, I have my own challenges, but I would say, you know, to anyone out there too, just know that there is absolutely nothing the enemy can do that can hurt you if you don't allow it, right? Put on your helmet, right? The full armor of God. That's something that has been so powerful for me. Um, I have had in my past, Justin, when I was going through my dietetic internship, when I was, you know, sitting for my boards, I had so many low moments where I wanted to take my own life, where if I couldn't be a dietitian, I didn't want to live. And I've talked about this in God works through us, right? Our pain becomes a purpose. And that is something I want everybody to know is that those storms you're going through that, you know, that persecution, the death threats, like things that I get, I get attacked all the time at this point, it doesn't affect me anymore because I'm number one people, we live in a fallen world. So when people yeah. are blaming, you know, people blame religion, they blame the church for 
being hypocritical. That's, that's the problem, Justin, is that we're not supposed to wash and model the church. We're supposed to be the church. We're supposed to model Jesus. He's the only one that's lived a perfect life, right? So we're not supposed to look at him. We're not supposed to live like celebrities. I'm seeing so much nonsense about people idolizing, you know, um, Taylor Swift and, and Kelsey, like, you know, this is how a man should treat a woman. No, like, no. Yeah. No. I, I am not picking on it. No shot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not picking on them, but what I'm saying to people is those are not the role models we want. No. We need to look to the Bible. I'm not yes. saying, Oh yeah. Follow me. I'm saying filter it through the Bible. What is Jesus doing? Jesus is perfect. He's not a sinner. We're all sinners. So if you want to live the best life, you need to look up and you need to look in the word. Don't look around us, you know, at other people and what they're doing per se. Um, most of us, right. We have our own challenges. And I just think that, you know, all the pain I've had, God has been there with me through all of it. And he's helped me be the woman I am today. And he's going to help you, man, woman, whoever's listening to this, just lean into it. Trust him fully. When you're starting your own business, when you're starting a new podcast, when you're starting something awesome, if it doesn't glorify God, it doesn't matter. So I say that not lightly, but if somebody's threatening you, that's not from God. That's the enemy. He's always pulling out the same bag of tricks. He knows me. He knows my card, but I belong to God. So I just want everyone to put up your shield, right? The flaming arrows, like whatever comes your way. Um, that's how I survive because life is hard. Life is not fair, but we don't need to be a victim, right? Be the victor and use all of your gifts and talents and abilities. We all are given them. Justin, you have an amazing speech. The way that you articulate yourself, I just feel like you affect and infect in a positive way, all these amazing people that listen to you. And you may not hear it from that person that day, but in two years, Justin, you could get a note from someone that listens to your podcast and say, you're the only thing that's kept me alive because I listen and I hear your guests and I hear you and I look forward to it every day. When you get an email like that, oh, it is just, it's money can't buy a feeling like that. And that's what you're doing every single day. So Yeah, no, I mean, I just got the, I appreciate that. I got the goosebumps because I, I do hope that that's what we're able to do here. Like my goal is to make strength coaches lives better to then make the athletes lives better because, you know, you shared some vulnerable times, but I mean, for me, I, there, there's been some low lights, um, and my, my story too, like, you know, I've worked at other places where I also was like, man, I don't want to live anymore. Like there's gotta be a way out. Right. It's just, it's, and it, it's always like, Hey, I can get out. It'll be easier this way. And you know, that's not healthy. That's not right. And I've shared that story with my athletes, right? Like I had an athlete take his life. Um, and it was terrible. Right. It was awful. And like, so that's why, like, I became even more and more like telling my story, Cause I didn't want to see another athlete have that happen to them. Right. Like, how can I like, okay, we, we, this has to stop. Like I've been kind of sharing my version of it. Let me be even more open to, to hear it. Like, let me be there for you because you know, when I was working in person with athletes, we had a couch guy or girl, right. It, like male or female, they'd come in and they just, they'd want to just talk. Right. And that's what we're here for. We're here to, to actually make athletes lives better at the end of the day, like that's what, that's, that's what our purpose is. We're, we're here to spread the gospel here to spread it through whatever method we have to be the best version of ourselves to help everybody be the, you know, the best version of themselves. Um, with that being said, uh, we're coming up on the end of the time here soon, but how do you balance learning of like a lot of the biblical truths that you talked about with leadership, like how to win friends and influence people? You could almost say, you learn that from reading the Bible, right? Especially if you got like a lot of those leadership style books, like if you actually root yourself in scripture, like how do you handle the duality of learning things as an entrepreneur, businesswoman, 
with just being like, hey, I'm going to get rooted in scripture and read things that way? It's a great question, Justin. So um, thank you also for sharing that. I'm going to have to ask you more. We'll have to have another talk and I want to hear more about your story because we, you know, we inspire people to Christ when we share, share our storms. Um, but as far as learning, I'll just say this. Some days I do a great job and I'm able to get in my Bible for an hour right before I start my day. I, I get up most days without an alarm at about 5 a.m. I just can't really sleep in. That you know is something I think most entrepreneurs would identify with is getting as much work in as possible before the day starts, before the people you know interrupt and bother and all the things. So Facts. I read in my Bible. <laughs> most days it's for 45 minutes to an hour. Sometimes it's only five minutes. Again, I think that it's arbitrary to just set some timeline and say, or I've got to read for 60 minutes. No, I open my Bible and I, I treat it as if it's a living, breathing thing. And I say, God, speak to me, fill me up with you. I need to hear from you. What do I need to do today? I obviously have my to-do list as a human, but as a follower of Christ, Lord, what do you have for me today? What do you need from me? And then I read, you know, maybe I'll be in the book of Psalms like I was this morning, or I'll be in, you know, Samuel. And I'm, I'm understanding that, um, you know, God is going to use what I read that morning in my day. And I try to apply that. So that's how you create learning, right? Is you, you read something, but if you don't apply it, you don't really learn it. Right. So same thing with that and entrepreneurship. I don't, I really don't listen to as many podcasts as many people. I want to read books. I'd rather read a book because our brain is a muscle. And if you don't use it, you lose it. I think that people need to read more. They need to listen less. Um, and then, again, podcasts are great. But I think that reading right now is being undervalued. We need to go back to reading books. So I like to read something. Again, it's like 15 minutes. How can I refine my brain? You know, iron sharpens iron. I may talk to a, a fellow entrepreneur about, hey, did, what did you think about this? I read this, this strategy. So I talk to other people about it. And then I think about it. I journal. Every day you got to journal. And then the rest is a lot of clients and then development and also just reflecting at the end of the day, what did, what did I do well today? What can I do better tomorrow? Um, always got to have your lists and just be organized with systems. I think that that's really important and holding yourself accountable. You know, I've had plenty of moments, Justin, where I'm like, Ooh, that was not the best Wendy. Um, I was a little passive aggressive, maybe, you know, in my head or, you know, in my head, I'm just thinking like, uh, you know, frustrated, but what is that coming from? And then I go back to, that's not God. Like Jesus doesn't get frustrated. He doesn't get impatient. That is coming from a different place. Uh, maybe society is, you know, trying to compare. I think about, you know, I should be further along. Many people wouldn't know this about me, but I am very critical. Um, I often feel like a failure every day I wake up. I'm like, criticizing myself. I could have done all these things better. And I'm really working on that and giving myself grace. Like I tell my clients and athletes, give yourself grace, because when you give yourself grace, you open yourself up for learning and opportunity. So I would say for anyone that's listening to this, it doesn't matter if you're a dietitian, you're a coach, you're a parent, um, you're an individual. If you want to get better at something, number one, you have to be self-aware and we have to know our strengths and limitations. And the best way to do that is journaling and reflection and time in the word and prayer and the Bible. Going back to loop it all in, the Bible is literally the guide on how to live. When people are like, I need this new 10 step book on how to gain muscle or whatever the thing is, that's great and all, but that's only going to get you so far. So the Bible is the only book that, you know, I think this is true. We have so many books out there. Um, people are basically just regurgitating a lot of what other people have people have already said. Um, but the Bible is the real OG, right? And that's the guide on how to 
date, how to use your money, how to treat other people, how to live. The Bible's the only way, right? Like the true universal guide, it's the roadmap um, on how to actually conduct yourself in a fallen, broken society. So if you don't have a Bible, um, I get asked this all the time, Justin, by both men and women. You know, I have a women's Bible study. You can go get, you know, one on Amazon. You can get a men's Bible study. Get community. Um, get into a, a, a church if you're not in one. Just try and seek out. Um, Eaglebrook online is a great, you know, if you want an online one. But We've got to be in the word. We've got to have a godly like community. We've got to be um, accountable to ourselves. And we need to conduct ourselves in a way that, you know, adds value to this to this world. Right. And we need to make it less about me and more about he. And that is all I'll say. <laughs> there's nowhere. There's nothing else that I can say to wrap that up. Uh, we're going to link all of your stuff down below. Uh, Wendy, I greatly appreciate being able to talk with you. I think we'll be able I think we'll be talking more in the future. Um, Go about the rest of your day and uh, keep crushing it. We love seeing what you're doing out there. Thank you so much, Justin. Appreciate it. Have a tremendous day. Congratulations on making it to the end of the video. Why don't you celebrate by watching more videos just like it? You can also help us on our quest to placate the algorithm gods by liking, sharing, subscribing, and commenting. Thank you.